Carly here and you're listening to the Made For More podcast and I'm so excited to bring you an interview episode today. This woman is actually one of my favourite women ever. She's got such an incredible energy and her attitude to life just massively, massively inspires me. So I'm going to tell you all about her in a second. But first of all, I thought I'd give you a little update because I keep getting loads of messages on Instagram from people asking about my pregnancy and how it's all going and how long I've got left. So I thought I'd give you a little update. So I've now got, I'm 32 weeks officially um, so I've got eight weeks to go and uh, I'm feeling okay to be honest I've, I've not been feeling very well at all it's just it's just normal stuff like when you get a cold when you're uh, pregnant you um, it just hits you a little bit twice as hard really and then I pulled my back and stuff like that and to be honest with you normally I would I'm, I've, I've still got a little bit of that hustle mindset in me I think it's the dancer where you just power through power through power through and yesterday I kind of hit a point where I thought do you know what? I need to actually just rest because my body is definitely trying to tell me something. So I had some things planned. I had loads of work planned, but I decided to just take the evening off and chill. And it was so good, you know, because I think, I don't know what it was, but like making the decision to just treat my body well and relax and, you know, have a little bit of self-care, I think it kind of unlocked a whole new level of creativity. It created some space in my brain and uh, I was actually awake all night with all these like new creative ideas and all these things, um, which is pretty standard for me, but I feel like I un- unlocked a whole new area of my brain and then I woke up this morning really excited and inspired but I feel really really refreshed um so yeah so I just wanted to remind you if anyone is listening to this and you are in hustle mode right now and you're going 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 and your body is physically giving you signs to slow down please please listen to your body our bodies are really really intuitive uh, things and they're always trying to teach us stuff and you may you never know you may just by you know by stopping and slowing down and giving yourself that rest you may actually unlock a whole new level of creativity which really helps you in the future so this is your permission to chill the f out take a night off stop the hustle mode for a sec and treat your body and yourself with respect because we we need to be on on uh, you know top form and top of our game so anyway that is my little update. But I'm so excited to bring this episode to you today. So today, this week, I actually got to interview the gorgeous Victoria Knowles Lax. So we actually met in a mastermind group a little while ago. She was pregnant at the time. We bonded over, um, you know, having little babies and stuff like that. But also we bonded over the fact that her energy is so infectious. She has this attitude to life, which is like, if I just try something, as long as I don't quit and as long as I fully commit to it, I will make a success of it. And that kind of attitude just inspires me so much. And she's done, she's had such a creative, varied uh, career. And I just find it fascinating. So she's the founder of the Shotgun and Chelsea Mung Club. She literally changed a found a, a um, an entire industry. So like the women's shooting industry, she literally changed it and pioneered it, which is incredible. She's also the author of Make It Happen book, um, and she's also a breakthrough coach as well. And yeah, I just really really love her. I think you're going to absolutely love this episode. She's so easy to talk to, so down to earth. But my God, she is a powerful, powerful woman. So enjoy this episode if you love it please take a screenshot tag me on uh, instagram at made for more pod let me know what bits you're loving of course follow victoria as well i'm going to put all of her details in the show notes and uh yeah if you're loving the podcast head over to apple itunes leave us a five-star review and just let us know what you're loving because it honestly means the world to me and it makes such a massive difference can you tell that i'm getting out of breath now <laughs> 32 weeks pregnant and she's really starting to sit on my lungs now so if you hear 
hear me like heavy breathing down the microphone I'm really sorry it will go in eight weeks time you won't hear me like this anymore and hopefully I'll have a bit more space in my lungs but for now it's going to sound like a horror movie like (sighs) that's what I feel like I sound like in my head (laughs) anyway let's crack on with something productive and let's have a look at this interview thanks guys bye Amazing. Hey, Victoria, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on. So me and you met, when was it now? It was like a year ago now, maybe just a little bit less than a year ago. I think it was like, was it last October? But I'd stalked you for ages on Instagram. Had you? Had you stalked me before that? (laughs) Well, I kind of knew you through a woman that I gave a talk at a retreat in Ibiza, like like two years ago or something. And she... I saw she followed you or you followed her or something. I thought, oh, she looks really cool. Oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah, for like years. Oh my God, I love that. Love yeah. it. Amazing. Well, I hope that I gave you some interesting stuff to juice. So yeah. stalk on. Now I think about what I've posted. I was posting all sorts of random stuff. But anyway, but we met because we were doing a mastermind together, weren't we? And we were both looking to like scale up coaching businesses and stuff like that. And uh, I just loved your energy straight away. Like every day on the calls, you were um, just so your energy was great. And you were so like supportive and encouraging for other people as well. And I, you celebrated everyone's success. And it's something that always like I love that kind of energy. And I love it when other women lift up other women so straight away I was like oh she's my girl no I really appreciate that you saw that because like not everyone does do they and I think you just know you tribe like when you see them and um, yeah I kind of felt like that about you there were like quite a a lot of other women in there weren't there but yeah I just hope even though I kind of like knew you because I was a bit of a stalker (laughs) it's like I just really really liked your vibe and like your energy and yeah I was like yeah she's my girl Oh yeah, love that. So I'm so excited to get into all of your story and learn all about you because you've had a really varied career. So you've had like, you've had a huge business before, which you've scaled to a massive size. And then you've gone into coaching, which is nothing to do with what you started out in first. And you've written a book and all of this. So take us back. It's all, I think it's always so much easier in terms of like your story and your background for stuff for you to just go on your flow and let us know how you've ended up here tell us a little bit about where you are today right so to take you back right to the beginning I studied uh, racehorses in Newmarket so it's straight out of school didn't like got really crap grades in my GCSEs decided I didn't like that so I went to study fashion in university I had a couple of summers in Ibiza and then I went back to London and then I moved back home just didn't ever know what I wanted to do and then I got to like 24 and I landed a really good job in a state agency country house estate agency um, and I really got into shooting at that point because I've always been into like, horses, hence the racehorse thing. And like, just didn't know what, I like, never knew what I wanted to do. So got in with like the, all these country people, absolutely loved it, selling all these amazing houses. And then when the 2008 recession hit, I literally just totally lost my way. I just didn't know what I was doing and like, just couldn't get a job, had no money, was really kind of depressed and got this like really crap temp job. And I remember like rocking up to this job with like pajama trousers <laughs> like my jeans I hadn't even brushed my hair I didn't have any makeup on it was like literally like the lowest point of my life and then um slowly but surely like things went up a little bit from there and um, what did I do next I, w- I eventually got a job like um in a housing company which was lovely and it's really well paid and I had like a really good assistant and it was doing like compliance work and I'm so creative and I just want to help people and I just want to talk about big ideas and this was all like numbers and just like boring and 
just really what I call grey people. They were really lovely people that I worked with, but they were just like, oh, I'm going to Iceland at lunchtime. Or like, oh, did you see his genders last night? And I was like, I want to talk <laughs> about ideas and like possibility. <laughs> you know, I, I honestly don't, I didn't even realise Emmerdale was still going. So that's not offending <laughs> watching Emmerdale. So I had this job and I just thought it was really, really well paid. I was really grateful for it. But then I just thought, I can't hack this. Like, this isn't me at all. So I stuck it for a couple of years. And then I really got big into clay shooting. And I started a little blog called Lady Shooting in 2011. And for anyone that's listening to this that knows anything about shooting, which probably isn't many people because not many people do it. But it's a very, like, male-dominated industry. It's got all this, like, stigma. It's, like, only, like, the elite and really, like, wealthy old white guys. And I grew up in a council estate in the Midlands. My parents, like, I come from, like, nothing. And um, I'm just like this random girl that got into shooting and just totally, totally embraced it. I was really good at it. I really like the clothes because you could just wear tweed and, you know, wielded a 12-bore shotgun. I find it really empowering. And, and it really sparked this kind of, like, empowered version of me. So I started writing this little blog in 2011 and it was so cute and um, I used to buy like shotgun ammunition I'd write a little blog about it or I'd write I'd like you know shoot someone else's gun and I'd write a review and I'd go on these shooting trips and I was just like this little geek and I just put so much love into this um, blog and people started to like notice and people were like oh my god a women who shoots obviously sorry a woman who shoots and there had been women who'd shot before me like I'm not the first woman to have ever shot but it just wasn't a thing like women shooters so um I had a little Twitter following because it's all about Twitter back then and I had like 200 followers which I used to like nurture every day and I was like oh my god I'm famous <laughs> and then like brands started getting in touch and be like oh, can I send you some free stuff and I was like oh yeah okay and I'd write my little blogs and then in September 2011, I took four girlfriends clay shooting and they were my mates that weren't into shooting at all. We used to go on like spa days or go to the races or just go and get pissed and like do girly stuff. And I was like, come for a shoot. And they were like, nah, you know, if I hold the gun wrong, then, um, you know, it'll hurt my shoulder or it's dangerous and guns are contentious and like all the, you know, all the myths, which is fine. Um, so I was like, how about if I bring a bottle of fizz and make a cake? And they were like, all right. <laughs> so they came <laughs> And it absolutely poured it down. And we went for a group shooting lesson in Worcestershire, where I'm from. And um, we had the most fun, literally. We all just wore flat caps, because obviously you've got to if you're in the countryside. <laughs> we were all hitting these clays and we were all cheering. And it was amazing. And I went home, wrote a blog about it, shared a few pictures on Twitter. And people were like, whoa, can my, um, like, can my wife come to your shooting events? Or you know, can I come shooting with you? And I was like, oh, I've got shooting events. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and it was from that point, I learned to just really like roll with things and just seize opportunities. And, and I just thought, I'm just going to do it. So it was September 2011. And then um, January 2012, I got married. And then we went on our honeymoon to Marrakesh and I was just like lying in this like massive bed. And I was like, I'm going to go home and quit my job and start a women's shooting club. And my husband was like, oh, all right, yeah, whatever, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, it's because I was still in this corporate like housing job at the time. And then I was, I was like, oh, God. And then like all of the fear came up and I was like, who am I to do this? I don't know what I'm doing. I've got no experience in, shoot, uh, in business and all the things. But I managed to put all that to one side. And in June 2012, I quit my day job. And it was, it's been such a roller coaster ever since. So my business is called the Shotgun and Chelsea Gun Club, and I'm still involved in it at the moment. I've got a manager and a team now, but I just kind of dip in and out and do a little bit. 
Um, but it's absolutely massive. It's like pioneered like an industry. We've won 10 awards, been on TV a couple of times, um, traveled, like been over to America and given like a keynote talk and got, went shooting with the governor of Kansas. And we've got like international members. Um, what else? Oh, just like loads of stuff. You know, we've done like clothing ranges, consult for these big companies. Um, yeah, it's like, it's just totally changed an industry. And more importantly, it's changed people's lives as well. Like all of these women that have just got this amazing new empowering hobby and they're traveling all over the country and they've all this new confidence and these new skills, and this new network. And it's just like, we have a membership and in its peak, we had like over a thousand members. It's kind of died off a bit, obviously now with like COVID and the business like has changed, but it, like, it's like a real sisterhood and it doesn't matter like who you are, where you're from, how old you are, what you do, all, like all of that. It's like, we're all just like girls together and we're all there to just have a really good time. It's like girls on tour kind of thing. Uh. <laughs> With women of like all ages, you know, we've got like girls straight out of like uni, right up to women who are like 60 or 70, like all walks of life socially. Like it's interesting, like socially, it's like fascinating. But everyone, we're all just like fun club girls, just like doing our thing. That's amazing. So, um, I had a massive blow in 2016. We found out my dad had cancer and my dad was like one of life's heroes. He was an absolute ledge and I'm one of four girls and we're, like, we're all such like daddy's girls and he was just like hilarious. But what I didn't, what I kind of missed out actually was I had all this massive, massive success and like, we, you know, everyone was like saying how great we were and I was like in, in like all these magazines and newspapers and stuff. But behind the scenes, I was just burning out like you wouldn't believe. Like I was just like I was working every single hour like that that God sent kind of thing. Uh, I don't know. Why I just said God thanks. I'm not really. I had no boundaries. Um, I had no. I had no plan really, no strategy, didn't really know what I was doing, didn't really have any self-belief. I was just basically just winging it, and which was great because it was working. But in the same vein, like it was just horrendous. Like I'd be I'd literally get up at like six o'clock, be on my laptop till like 10, 11 o'clock at night. I'd literally leave my desk to like go and have a wee, have a cup of tea, eat, and I'd be straight back to it. I'd like never, I was never there like in my relationships and stuff and people needed me. And like my granddad was really sick and I was just like, I'm just too busy. And I just totally had these blinkers of like busy on. And I was just like hustling, 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 like, like every single day, like even on my like birthday and like Christmas day, I had my laptop out and I was just like working and, and it was so bad. And I was just stressed all the time. And I lost those away. I even started smoking at one point. <laughs> and it was just horrific. And then we had the blow that my dad had stage four terminal cancer and it was like everywhere. And it was just like awful. Um, and then I just, it was from, that point on I kind of realized that something had got to change and my oh no sorry I burnt out about five times I'm talking like full-on adrenal fatigue can't even get off the sofa all I could manage were like a few barocas and a bit of soup and my husband was just like amazing god knows why <laughs> um, and I had this like final episode of burnout and I was like this is absolutely ridiculous like I'm gonna be dead soon <laughs> if I just carry on with this that's how bad it had got and then um after a couple of days of just like lying on the sofa trying to get my strength back not being on my laptop I got I got I got out my notebook and um just started like writing like all of the processes in my business like there are all these different strands obviously like the marketing the event management the admin the sponsorship the collaborations the like there was just loads of different things and I was trying to do it all myself um 
and I was trying to do it all myself because I'd VAT re- I was VAT registered and my um, business model didn't quite work. But that's like a whole different story. <laughs> On top of all this stress, I had no money. And then I had like my dad um, having cancer. So this after this final burnout, I just decided to just um, just stop and just get really real with myself. And I mapped it all out, all these processes. And and then I'll tell you about my book in a little bit. But in my book, I talk about my five ten. I'm sorry, my five, my 50, my 500 and 5,000 pounds an hour tasks. And it was no wonder I was burning out because I was just spending all my time focused totally in the wrong place on these like five pounds an hour tasks, like replying to Facebook messages at like 11 o'clock on a Saturday night and just like being on Twitter and just going down like rabbit holes on there and like just over perfecting stuff as opposed to working on the big stuff, like bringing in like more sponsorship and merchandise and all the bigger ticket stuff if I'd have focused on that then I could have got help much quicker but you live and learn (laughs) but but yeah so that was kind of like my breaking point really and my turning point and then a couple of a couple of weeks after that I was in TK Maxx because I'm like obsessed with stationery and like notebooks and stuff same yeah just yeah (laughs) and then I saw a gratitude journal and I just thought I'll buy that because it's pretty and then a couple of days after that we'd been to um a consultant appointment with my dad about his cancer and it we'd got the news it spread again and that he didn't have long left and a couple of days after that I was just lying in bed and I was like I'm just going to um like just start writing and I wrote like a couple of things that I was grateful for like my dad got to walk me down the aisle and how great the consultant was with us um, and then that literally just changed everything and just put me on like an entirely different trajectory. So, uh, yeah, that's quite a lot, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. No, it's so good. I mean, there's so much that I want to pick out of that. So much. First of all, the name Chelsea Bun Club, I absolutely love because I'm obsessed with Chelsea buns. And I just need to say that Frankie, I don't know if Rex is the same, um, your, your little boy, but actually he's not, he's not eating properly yet, is he? Right. Like real stuff. I mean, it's devastating when they do because Frankie doesn't eat something like in the normal way. He just goes for the best bit front on. So my thing at being pregnant is Chelsea buns. I absolutely love them. And he goes and um, just eats the cherry straight off the middle, like straight away. It's, it's killer. Kills me every time. Anyway, so Chelsea Bun Club, I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that you pioneered an entire industry. That's so cool. And it says so much about your character as well, because to be the first to, I know you're not saying that you're the first person to ever go shooting, but to really say like, look, I'm doing this, come with me. Let's start a bit of a movement. I just think that's so cool. And the fact that you've got, you know, all these women that are now like living their best life. And just the idea of you with a gun is just the coolest thing I've ever heard. Um, So that is amazing. But I think the whole, it's so interesting, isn't it? Where you can have such a successful business and people will look at it from the outside and think, wow, like it's such a successful business. She must be absolutely loaded. She must be living her best life. Oh my God. But actually the reality of that and what so many people don't see is that you're just exhausted. And actually you probably are earning less than anyone else in that entire business so I definitely want to learn more about the whole five pound tasks that thing because going from a place of like when you're in the thick of your business where you're like this is a really successful business and what we're doing right now is working in terms of success but I need to pass over the reins to people that's a really scary place to be isn't it like giving over a little bit of control yeah so what definitely. was that like 
Well, just just first and foremost, before I go into like the five pounds round task thing, I just had such a scarcity mindset. So it was like I didn't have enough money coming in. I didn't have enough time. You know, I got I got some competition a couple of years in and I was like, oh, my God, there's not enough to go around. And because I, I was really lucky that I had no competition and I literally created my own market. Um, but yeah, I used to be just very like, I do everything myself and I was just really guarded of it. And it was like, they say your business is like your baby, don't they? Don't mm -hmm. they? So I just didn't like, I, people were like, God, let me help you. And like killing yourself and like running yourself into the ground, like have a week off and spend it with your dad. And I'd be like, oh, I can't, I can't. And I couldn't let go of control like for absolutely ages. But then it was only through like seeing my dad get like more and more ill that I'd, um, that I thought actually shit yeah life is for living and I didn't I didn't leave my nine to five to work like 24 seven because and that was all <laughs> what I was doing but yeah it is scary it, I think if you are in that kind of like scarcity place like I was then it's it, it's like little bit by bit that you have to make change I think if I'd have got someone full time I would have absolutely freaked out and <laughs> be like no it's fine so I just took help because I had all these members like falling over themselves to help me which was incredible so um, I started off with having some help, like with my email, and then I'd, um, someone would help me with social media, and then all these amazing women would host events for me. So we're doing 100 events a year, and I was away like 40 weekends of the year, so I was like never at home. I know it's ridiculous. I don't know how I did it. I seriously don't. I, I wouldn't do it now. That's for sure. <laughs> and I know that you don't have to. And a lot of a lot of why I was doing it was I think was like lack of like self belief and like imposter syndrome and fear of failure and like all of the kind of insecurities I was just really they were like really playing out in my life um but yeah with help oh god and just refocusing your attention to put your attention in the right place it was just pivotal for me so when I did that I call it my clarity plan now, that kind of messy notebook scrawling that I did like live from my sofa when I was burning out um so I literally gave everything like a monetary value and then that just gave me a lot more clarity and this is what I, I do with like my coaching girls as well now who are like really overwhelmed and really busy it's like right you know what's 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 your time worth really and what's what do you get the biggest ROI on in terms of like where your attention is especially like now as a mum it's like god I just have no idea like if I'm going to be able to do any work some days <laughs> you know while my little baby Rex is uh, young so um yeah, literally just went through and just put a time, a monetary value on all of my tasks that I was doing. And it took ages, you know, and I had to like really go away from it and come back to it to list, make sure I'd listed like everything. So like things like I used Hootsuite a lot. So how long was I on Hootsuite for? And, you know, how long was I like prattling about with like making newsletters look pretty and sending like emails and like reaching out to grounds and marketing and like all the things I probably had about 100 tasks in my business like the first the first time I listed them all and yeah and went through them in order of kind of our it was it's all about the ROI isn't it of like your time and like money like dollars into your business so um yeah it's a really fascinating exercise if people want to do that to just list all your tasks and be like right does that bring me money in is that moving me forward is that my zone of genius can I pay someone less can I pay someone to do it that's going to be like I'm going to pay them less than I than my time's worth if that makes sense mm. um so yeah just literally listing them out and just choosing a value that feels right for you so like my tweets because it was all about Twitter like building my business which was really powerful but you know anyone could have been sending those tweets and anyone could have been replying to them and instead I could have been focused on like sponsorship proposals or like you know more innovative events or higher ticket like foreign trips you know and, and that kind of thing but yeah, you live and learn. Definitely. 
it's so true isn't it we do end up just spending loads of time on stuff that really doesn't I think it's like I understand it because when you're in the place of scarcity financially and thinking well I'm working this hard as I am and I'm already not earning enough money I can't be spending out because I'm going to earn less money that's kind of like how it we it logically plays out in our head doesn't it but yeah sometimes it's just all about spending out and that's where I'm at the moment of like delegating stuff that I'm like that I'm just actually not very good at that like I'm actually not great at it and someone can do it in half the time and save so much money but it is hard to pass over sometimes isn't it yeah it is definitely yeah that's the thing isn't it and it's realizing that that actually someone can do it better than you and you don't have to be really good at everything you just have to be good at like what you're selling and what you do yeah totally so after all of that then so you had your shift and you're like right this is not for me I'm going to change things and you kind of like it sounds like you've removed yourself a little bit from the business as not being like the pivotal thing that makes the whole thing run so then you got into coaching didn't you so how did that come about and how did you end up doing that so I, I got a manager and an absolutely amazing manager and in fact before that I kind of franchised franchised it all out so I didn't have to like worry about all the events and the promotion and that just gave me time to like be with my dad before he died in 2017. Yeah and then um, I just kind of really backed off from it and I got a really amazing manager Maxine who's an absolute babe and she just she's so great and her energy is just so amazing and she's she's just kind of replaced me really which is brilliant and I just found that people just kept coming to me for like business advice and they, they were like you know how do you do that or like what do you think about this and 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 I'd been on this like massive personal development journey and prior to really getting into coaching I'd you know written this book as well about grief is like a big part of my story and a big part of like my turning points and and all the perspective I got from like watching you know and ultimately being there like and watching my dad take his last breath kind of thing so I was like, I've always like been on Instagram and, um, you know, sharing like my thoughts on stuff and just, and I started to cultivate a little bit of a following and then people were like, you know, you know, can you help me? And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I do this, this and this. And people were having really big success. And then they were like, you should charge for this. And I hadn't really th- ever thought of myself as a coach. I've always had coaches and I've always, I've invested like tens of thousands of pounds, like in my own development and all these like, courses and masterminds and stuff. And I hadn't really considered that people were paying me money for it. I just, in my mind, I was just working out my next moves and just wanted a bit of time to grieve and to just write my book and just just chill a little bit. And um, yeah, then I started taking on like one-to-one clients and that went really well. And I'd started to um, do like, I'd started like to put together like a group program, but then at the time I wasn't quite ready and taught myself out of it and no one really bought it straight away and I was a bit like oh god you know no one likes it I'm shit and then had to (laughs) but um but yeah so then I decided so I was doing a bit of coaching that was already good and then my book was doing really well it became a number one bestseller which is amazing and when that died down a bit I just thought like what am I going to do like what's my next move because I'm always like like these past few years I've just been all about getting out of my comfort zone and just being the best I can and showing up the best I can and 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 just like being in different situations that aren't comfortable, which sounds a bit weird, I know. So I thought I'm going to um, my next move. I'm going to get like a swanky job in finance in London and just move to London. I live in Shropshire, and I, <laughs> and then just do something that's so far out of my comfort zone and just see what happens and just you know see if I like it and the growth that will bring and the experience. And uh, it was amazing. So I was there for seven weeks before lockdown. Um, got myself a really swanky little flat in Notting Hill with a six-month contract. Nice. 
seven weeks and then lockdown happened and then I was like oh great so now I'm stuck with like I'm working from home so that's not quite the London dream that I wanted and I've got this flat for six months which is like killing me financially oh, no. and did but, you buy a full like swanky corporate um wardrobe as well massively I didn't re- like I was I used to do a lot of tie boxing and I was like really thin I was on the bulletproof diet and like all about like biohacking and being really high performance and just like had this amazing energy <laughs> and bought all these like pencil skirts and stilettos and this is brand Damn. yeah all these like proper like boss women clothes and was yeah strutting around with my, my London walk <laughs> um, but that was fascinating actually because that brought up so many insecurities in me not not the power dressing and the strutting around London, but like the just being in a totally different environment and not being my own boss and actually being like not bottom of the food chain because I I reported into the CEO, but not being able to make all the decisions and it, I really really like doubted myself for the first couple of weeks and I was like wow wow this is this is interesting and since then I've just totally got my spark back. Oh, so, that's good. So did it give you an insight into kind of the corporate world more and how to help people? that are in that world and maybe looking to transition out of it yeah yeah it has actually and you just you just kind of think that everyone's got it all figured out don't you in the Mm -hmm. corporate world but I I don't necessarily that think that's the case and you just kind of think that it's a lot of like female entrepreneurs well just entrepreneurs in general that 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 need like support and guidance coaching but actually people that work in corporate still have like the same insecurities problems challenges and doubts and stuff and they need the support too and I thought oh, that's that's really interesting I didn't really expect that yeah for sure yeah the corporate world's a funny one isn't it female entrepreneurs and stuff we're all like all about supporting each other and lifting each other up and empowering each other but the corporate world is so not like that at all like you don't really have people around you saying you're doing amazing keep going believe in yourself you can do anything so yeah. not that far I mean I love I'm just thinking about what you've just like all you've shared and stuff that you've done you just it sounds like you literally try something and you're like yeah I'll give that a go yeah I'll go for it and then you just are really successful at it like I'm sure it doesn't always feel like that but from an outside of you you're just like it's really random things that you go on but you're like yeah I'll go for that and I love that attitude of like I'll give it a go just have a corporate job and report to the CEO it's fine (laughs) but we need we need to talk about your book though because like I feel like you can't just have a number one bestseller and we not talk about it at all like that's that's amazing I love it I absolutely love the cover of it it's so appealing whenever I see it I'm like that's so good um how was that process of writing the book then it was kind of it was probably the most amazing but the most terrifying thing I've ever done and I've done some quite scary things more, more scary than getting a corporate job so putting yourself out there and so my book it's called make it happen bit of a shameless plug kind of not but it was <laughs> and it's way it's a, oh, thanks. it's a three-part story so it's well in fact it's it's like a self-help book basically but through my journey so there's a lot more to it than what I've said because obviously we're limited on time but there's a lot of um you know my struggle um all the kind of details about my business and how it all went wrong how I turned it around losing my dad and everything that taught me and there's like a lot of personal stuff as well like after my dad died in 2000 so that's 2017 2018 um, my grandma died my best friend died and had a miscarriage as well so it's kind of like sharing all that kind of stuff and like how that affected me and then like how I turned it all around and like this massive like personal development journey I've been on and just sharing like the best of that really and how it all started with gratitude and um, you know like the morning routine thing and perspective and you know visualization a bit of like neuro like neuro um, like it's not, not quite neuroscience because <laughs> I'm <laughs> I don't know but a bit, a bit about like you know how our brains work and 
um, about like the transformation really and how that applies to people. And then part three um, is my uh, my pillars of balance. So how I managed to balance my my mindset first, my life, my business through like automation, delegation, and and kind of remove myself from it really. Um, and I I went to a membership conference in Toronto. So you know I said I've spent loads of dosh on personal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a, so the Shotgun and Chelsea Burn Club's got a membership. I like to do things well, so I decided yeah of course I need to join Stu McLaren's tribe. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's really good. <laughs> did this like spent a couple of grand on this course and, and got loads from it obviously and then went off to their live event in Toronto and um there was this guy there and he was like I was like what do you do and he's like I'll write books and I was like okay great amazing and I was like I'd love to write a book and um he was like what would you write it about so I went there with my business the Chelsea Bun Club and I, I was like oh I'd probably write a book about like women's shooting and like you know all the kind of intricacies of it and etiquette and like how to you know hold yourself and you know all that kind of stuff he's like god you look really bored when you said <laughs> <laughs> oh shit did I <laughs> oh okay and um he was like if you could write a book about anything what would you write it about and I was like it'd be like part autobiography like part like self-help part like workbook and like really practical but like really I put like my heart and soul into it and like be really vulnerable and he's like you've got to go home and write that book and I was like and he was like, your hands are all everywhere and you really lit up and like your energy changed. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, yeah, you're right. So um, I came home and I said to my husband, so my husband, obviously, he's just so amazing. He's just like, all right, darling, yeah, what, you know, whatever you want to do. Like, oh, what are you doing now? <laughs> so, oh, I love that. So incredible. And he's the best dad as well. So I got home from Toronto and um, was literally mapping out this book on the plane. It was a night flight and I was there with my notebook and my pen and I literally just hashing it all out. And um, yeah, so it took me nine months from when I got back from Toronto to actually launch it and for it to be a number one bestseller. And it, oh my God, like the, I'd literally just sit and stare at a blank Google Doc for like days on end. And it like, it just threw up like all of the insecurities and all of the imposter syndrome. And I'm like, who, who will care? Like, do people even want to read this? Like, who am I to do this? And like, you know, like all the things. And then I, I remember like I wrote the first draft and then I was like, oh God, this is like awful. <laughs> and then my mum read it and she was like, oh yeah, it's like, oh, I don't know. I, 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 what's your point? Like, what's, your, what's the point of it? I didn't get it. And I was like, oh, that's bad if my mum didn't get it. So I had to go board. <laughs> and then I'm like mapped out all the like chapter structure and I thought about it and I had like post-it notes on my wall and, I was, and then really kind of thought about it and what I wanted people to take away from it. And then I wrote it and and um yeah actually it was like it was fine and I just needed to think I didn't prepare enough for it that was the thing I just got on with it and actually I needed to like map it all out and it to be logical but yeah there were days and I was just like why have I done this and it was like halfway in it's like I'd come too far to give up there's no way I was giving up but then I was like all of the insecurities came up about um like all of my shooting people as far as they knew I was just doing my Chelsea Bun Club thing and it was almost like this was like a bit of a secret all this like coaching that I was doing on the side and I just didn't know how they were going to respond and I didn't want my members to be like you know Victoria we're paying you every month to be a member like and you're off writing books and like <laughs> I'm a bit of a jolly and like you know what is this and I really struggled with that for ages and this whole like it, it was imposter syndrome but yeah it was really hard but I remember just thinking like I'm going to I'm going to write a number one best-selling book and I'm really into like mindset and affirmations and every day I'd write I'm a number one best-selling author and I used to go for a walk every I used to walk like six seven miles every morning like listen to podcasts and like just like write basically in my phone I'd do everything in notes on my phone I'd like plan stuff out in notes and write you know write stuff 
And um, I remember I used to stand on this bridge. I live in the countryside, uh, just looking down this little river and I'd be like, I'm the number one bestseller north. And I'd stand there with my hand on my heart and I'd really believe it. And then, and then it happened as I was on that bridge. So on launch day, which was like, I think it was, was it 2019 at launch? I can't even remember. Yeah, it must've been, yeah. Um, I remember stood on the bridge and I, it, it, it was meant to launch on my dad's birthday because it was dedicated to my dad and it was like part of like my grief process. <laughs> and it was like the week before I just woke up with a feeling that day. So I'd opened pre-order on Amazon and um, I started telling people about it and I really shared the journey of it as well on Instagram. I was like, oh my God, you know, I've written the first draft and it's gone off to the formatter and I've got a cover and really took people along like the process with me. And then I remember just being on my bridge and I'd, I'd had like a notification off Amazon. And I think I was like out of, I think it was, it, it was the Kindle book first. So out of like three and a half million Kindle books, I was something like 20,000. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Before I'd even launched. And then I can't even remember what, what I got up to. I got up to something like 900 out of six and a half million Kindle books. It might've even oh been like, all of the Amazon chart. I was in like in the top a thousand. And then I was on that bridge, just like stood there because I, I think it's important to like have a minute and like savor the moment and what about like collecting moments and not things and that kind of stuff. And then I had like this notification, all these people were like refreshing Amazon and like all, like my like friends and followers and stuff. And then I hit like number one bestseller in like entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship, business and finance. And I can't remember what the other category was. It was like business development or something. And I was like, fuck. Oh my God. <laughs> totally made it happen and it was just it was such a lovely synchronicity that every day I used to stand on that bridge and be like I'm the number one best-selling author and I literally stood there just like on the bridge I was like oh, god unbelievable but yeah if anyone wants to write a book I think everyone should just do it it's been like amazing for me and I've met so many amazing people through it I've done loads of speaking as a result of it and, and someone just tagging you on a picture of Instagram saying, oh my God, I cried when I read your book. Or like, oh my God, your book is like everything. I've read your book four times. Here's a picture of me with it. It's like still now, it does like, it's still incredible. And Aww. when I in books as well, people are like, oh, send us a signed copy. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, it was, it was a journey, but like, God, it was amazing. Oh my God, I love that. I so want to write a book and that is so amazing to hear, but did it make you feel like at the end of it, did you come full circle with it and then look back at your, everything you'd written and your journey and stuff like that and think, oh, I actually achieved a lot. Like, wow, I'm proud of myself. And you actually get a, a moment to really look at it as a whole. Yeah, definitely. Because when I was like hustling, hustling, hustling every day in the Chelsea Bone Club, I just could not see the success. People mm. were like, oh my God, you've changed an industry. And I used to have, like have a column in a magazine and another magazine called me a pioneer. And, you know, it was like all this like amazing stuff going on around me, but I just couldn't see any of it. Cause I was just so focused on like the lack and the scarcity and, you know, VAT returns. And I had 300 emails in my inbox that needed action. In. And like, I was just so fixated on like the problems and the lack that I just, yeah, couldn't see any of it. And then actually I read that book, <laughs> I read that book. And then I was like, God, yeah, actually I've done pretty well. And I read it again about a year ago. I was like, actually, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> this is some good stuff. All right, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I love as well that you took your audience on the journey with you because I think so many people feel like they can't post anything on Instagram or social media until it's like a finished, polished product. And they're like, bam, I've just done this. But I think taking people on the journey with you is so important, isn't it? Like, and just showing that you're not, 
you don't have it all figured out and you show people actually I think it's more inspiring to, sh- to see someone on that journey and think oh okay that's the steps like that's what you do so what is the first step so if someone like me is listening to this and thinking yes I want to write my book like say for example you're the guy that you met when you're in Toronto and now I'm here and I'm like right okay let's do it what's your advice for getting started just literally get started so I'd think about what you want your outcome to be so what you what you want your readers to take from it um and then I would write a chapter structure so I I had I can't remember how many chapters I've got now which is it's 12 <laughs> but all the key concepts that I wanted to talk about just broken down into chapters and then I kind of like just ruminated on that for a few days then I literally just wrote it like just wrote the draft they say um, I did like a bit of googling and stuff about it to literally just write it, don't judge it, don't edit it, just literally get it all down and then you go through it again and then read it aloud as you're, and then like edit it as you go. So you do like an initial rough draft that you just don't even bother like reading as you go or don't correct it or don't judge it, just like brain dump and then kind of like go through and refine it. But yeah, reading it aloud was really helpful. And then I got my mum to proofread it, my sisters, um, a couple of friends as well. And then I just sent it off to like a proofreader, a proper proofreader, uh, a formatter and then I got the cover done but what you were saying about um, people not putting things out there I think a lot of people don't put things out there because they're scared of being copied because I really was not with my book but with the Chelsea Bun Club I like I really kept like things close to my chest because I just thought oh my god someone's going to copy me and that was just operating from that place of lack again and and actually you, you just don't know who you're going to inspire or you don't know who's going to see what you're doing so with my book I just said you know when I had bad days and the words just weren't coming I was just sat there just thinking what the fuck am I doing <laughs> like people would read I'd share all of that like the good the bad all of it so I think it's really important to be really authentic and then people you just never know who's going to like reach out that can help you or people like oh my god I really you know I followed your journey the whole like dad thing the whole miscarriage thing I really really need to like read your book so it kind of like gave people hope in a way as well so and, and also it's amazing accountability as well so if you're faced with like something like writing sixty thousand words you're thinking i don't know where to start if you've put it out there you've got to do it because obviously you know we're into, we're women of integrity and we can't go back on our word so you've yeah, got to sure yeah that's it and the thing is as well though going back to the thing about not getting copied actually it's a very small percentage of people that will have an idea about something they want to do and actually do it that's what i really admire about you the fact that you're like yeah, I want to do this. Okay, cool. I'm just going to do it. And they're like, yeah, I've got this idea. Okay, cool. I'm just going to do it. Um, but that is actually a really rare, that's a rare trait in people. You know, lots of people have the dreams, lots of people have the ideas, but they actually don't action it. So not everyone will steal the idea or yeah, take word. it anyway, will they? Yeah, just going about good ideas. I've got to tell you actually with um with a sh- with a shotgun and Chelsea Bun Club in the uh, in 2015. I was just lying in bed one night. It was it was New Year's Day. I'd had a couple of glasses of beers and I was like, how can I really take this business to the next level? How can I really get out of my comfort zone? So this is when I was in like my massive struggle, like had so much on my plate. I decided <laughs> it'd be a great idea to do an event called National Lady Shooting Day, which was like the world's biggest <laughs> women only shooting event. And it was like absolutely massive. And um, but yes, that was that was just a really good example of having a good idea and action. And we had like 30 simultaneous events on the same day, all these massive sponsors, and it was like the most women ever out shooting in one go. <laughs> like, it was oh it was god. amazing, but it was horrific behind the scenes. Oh my god, I bet. I love though that you've actually like so in your like lowest point of being like totally overwhelmed and everything, you've actually asked yourself the question, how can I get out of my comfort zone? 
that is such a powerful question and you know people are so often asking like how you know how do I stay safe how do I I don't want to take risks and they're looking at all the ways that they can play it safe but actually asking you the question how can I get out of my comfort zone that's always going to lead you to where you want to get to isn't it because it's the it's the navigator for success yeah definitely and that's what I do uh, like I'm big big into taking like big courageous moves like uncharacteristic uncharacteristically courageous moves and that's what I work a lot with with my coach I feel like that's a book title uncharacteristically <laughs> yeah. courageous it's hard to say but I enjoy it I feel like that's your next book I, th- I feel like my next one I thought because this one's called make it happen I thought I might call it make and then sh in brackets and then it oh happens. yeah Oh, I like it. It's edgy. It's urban with a swear word in it. (laughs) I've had a baby, but I'm still a cool mum because I say stuff like shit. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, Well, I'm very excited for your next book. But so let's talk about being a mum, because now I actually didn't know that you'd had a miscarriage, which makes me even more joyful to see you now, because I was going to say it really lights me up when I see all your Insta stories of you and Rex and your little family. You're just so in love even though I know that you've slept about two hours in the last two days <laughs> so you're probably not feeling it right now but um yeah it's so beautiful to see so how have you found you're clearly very ambitious you clearly don't want to slow down anytime soon how have you found juggling that with a baby it's been it's been interesting I guess so it was really important to me that I had this baby and I was really present with it. So I needed to like make arrangements to like get out of the Shotgun and Chelsea Burn Club as much as I could. And just, and you know, I stopped doing all of my coaching and everything and literally just stopped. Cause I think it's, cause everyone says time goes so quick and it does like literally it's five old tomorrow. And it's like, God, how's that happened? Um, But it's made me realize you can only do what you can do. And actually where your attention is and what you prioritize it on is what you get done. And it, and actually it's absolutely remarkable what you can get done in like half an hour mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're like, right, is asleep. And it's like this morning I had like an hour to myself and um, got up before my husband and Rex did. And like the amount of stuff, like the amount of emails I send and I'm working on an online course version of my coaching program at the moment. And like I've mapped out like week three for that and like wrote the script and the slides. <laughs> So it's made me realise that actually, I kind of knew this anyway, but I'd kind of forgotten that with really focused like attention, like it's absolutely remarkable what you can get done. And I always, I don't ever take my phone out of flight mode either when I'm in those like focused, focused like sprints. I call nice. Yeah, so I haven't got the distractions. So yeah, it's about just being really present, not giving myself a hard time, knowing that some days I'm only going to get a couple of hours sleep and he's going to cry for like ages. He's just started teething. And it's just like knowing that actually everything else can wait and you know people understand and he's not going to be little forever so it's like really important to me that i just like literally savor every minute he's so gorgeous oh he is so gorgeous (laughs) yeah he's such a funny little soul but he just makes me want to like work smarter as well and i feel like i'm making bigger moves which is hilarious um since i've had him and like i am just being a bit more courageous like myself like i'm quite courageous anyway obviously <laughs> but i'm just using my time a lot more effectively and i just don't allow myself that time that kind of like mental chatter to just like shut myself down or like overthink things or over perfect things i just get on with stuff a lot more which is incredible Oh, that's so good. I think it is funny, isn't it? Like sometimes having a baby puts you into a whole new level of 
drive and focus. I'm, I mean, I'm the same. And I know that you started the mastermind that we did together when you were pregnant as well and coming towards the end of your pregnancy. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think babies can actually do amazing things for your business, but you do have to be smart. <laughs> you have to yeah. be like so time smart. Honestly, like I can boil the kettle and make some big moves in my business at the time <laughs> it's boiled. I'm like, bam, yes, nailed that. Um, you're so my mom goals how you just like literally all the stuff that you make happen obviously with Frankie and being pregnant as well like it's incredible I'm just like what would Carly do ah <laughs> oh, thanks babe and the thing yeah. is I think like there's always you always think that you can do more and you always want to do more and blah 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 but I think surrounding I surround myself with a lot of women like me you know that have the same thought process and they're like yeah you can do it um but yeah I think when you're when you're wise big enough you just figure it out don't you and I do think having a baby actually there's not as much space for that overthinking no like if you want to do something you have just got to get on and do it um which is actually a blessing in business isn't it you can learn how to switch off and not overthink yeah definitely halfway there so tell us then about your tell us about your coaching program that you're doing at the moment who's it for what is it about tell us all the things so it's called the make it happen like everything is about making it happen like that's mm-hmm. just my jam make it happen and courage and I've got three c's as well courage consistency and clarity although I, I've just said those backwards it's clarity consistency. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired um yeah so it's a 28 day small business accelerator and I'm just halfway through the pilot version so I've just literally put together like everything that has really helped me like get like have the success that I've had everything that I've learned but tried to really condense it down and like really really think about it uh, in terms of like what's really powerful for people without being overwhelmed because I think my I have a tendency to overgive and to like be like do this this and this and this and people are just like what <laughs> they were so um I really yeah like condensed it down and it's four weeks so week one is all about getting massive clarity and it's about achieving one goal getting one thing done and actually Michelle helped me get clarity on this which is Mm -hmm. amazing um and then to like just up level level your business around this one goal so we've got like all sorts of business owners in there it's sold out which was amazing um so yeah lots of different like membership sites and online and physical businesses as well so week one is all about um getting like massive clarity on the goal breaking it down planning your month out and then week two we had a a mindset call last night um all about um like stories that we tell ourselves leaning into like positive habits morning routines gratitude like high frequency thoughts that kind of thing week three is all about growth so supercharging your plan and just leaning into like courage and a lot of what I do is all about like challenging people's thinking and it's like it's like you think you can't do that and it's like all right well let's have a look at why is there any evidence and how can we get you to better support your like thought patterns and stuff because we are just our thoughts aren't we like sorry we're not our thoughts we just think them Mm -hmm. um and our stories like become our reality so it's kind of like really digging deep on that and then the fourth week is just about like going forward routines for success being a bit more high performance and making bigger moves and like your next thing and it's going like like a couple of the girls have nearly reached their goal already and we're only like two weeks in oh I love that thing yeah they've had so much success and I'm just like oh Oh, it's so good for a coaching perspective when you can genuinely get your clients the results it is so worth it isn't it you're just like oh this feels so good and that's what it's all about and I know that that's why that's why you're in coaching you're one of those coaches because you genuinely want to deliver results which is amazing Mm -hmm. and I fully agree with the simplicity of 
like the one thing, like the rule of one, having one product, delivering it to one person, obviously you're not delivering it to one person, but one type of person, you know, having that ideal avatar in your head, um, doing it in one method, doing it in one way. That's how you actually end up serving loads of people, isn't it? By having that one focus. That's it. And just like one thing and just doing it really, really well. Amazing. So good. Well, I absolutely love everything that you're about. I know that my all the listeners would have taken so much from that. Your story is so inspiring. And I love that you've had so much success. You've learned from it. You're going again. And just you're just, you just I feel like you just kind of like keep creating new things all the time. But you're so successful at it. And it's so, so amazing to see. And I absolutely love your energy. And I've taken so much from that, even myself. So there's I have three questions that I ask all of my um, guests. And they're quick fire questions. Um, so I'm going to ask you them now. So first of all, um, how do you define success? Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> there are so many answers I can say to this. I think it is through balance. So it's having the right balance of like impact in your home life in terms of like income and like charging your worth and stuff. And yeah, it's about like having everything balanced and not being like too far gone in terms of like craziness and like erratic lack of systems and processes like in the Chelsea Bun Club. And it's not just having loads of money, but like having really unhappy clients. It's like having everything like in order. Mm-hmm. Hand movements. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about the hand movements. <laughs> I used to put myself on video on this. I used to like put it on YouTube, but now I don't because it's just me doing crazy manic jazz hands most of the time it's really distracting um secondly what is your biggest book or podcast recommendation oh god again i've got loads so obviously this one love it um one of my favorite books is you are the placebo by dr joe Dispenza. like he is just incredible he's written um i used to listen to lewis howe's school of greatness absolutely religiously his podcast sorry i'm giving you loads of answers no i love it they're all good Keep him going. Oh, cheers. I really like the Boss Bay podcast as well. I always get a lot oh, of yeah. really good guests. Um, oh, God, I've got so many books that I love. Oh, I love a bit of Abraham Hicks as well. Mm. And it's given. That's I've read that about 50 times. Um, yeah, I've got loads on my shelf. I'm sure I think, well, I've got... <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, that'll do. Well, we definitely need to get your book as well. So can we find your book on Amazon? Is that the best place to get it? Yeah, it's on Amazon or it's on my website as well. Okay, amazing. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. And then finally, um, who is your biggest inspiration? Oh, God, that's another really good one. <laughs> um, I really like Danielle Canty from Boss Babe. Mm. Just, I met her once and I just thought, I'm just like you. And like, I just felt like we really like vibed. And the fact that she's gone on to have like such massive success has really inspired me to actually show show like women like me, like us, like what's possible. Mm-hmm. So she, yeah, she's just a normal girl, whatever normal is. And she's just absolutely smashed it. And yeah, she's yeah massive inspiration to me. Yeah, totally. Yeah, she's fab. And she's had a really interesting story as well. I listened to her podcast about what happened with her in lockdown and stuff. And yeah, she's had a really interesting story. Amazing. Victoria, thank you so much. I've literally loved chatting to you. So if anyone wants to binge all things Victoria, where can they find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram at Victoria Nolslax, or I've got a website as well, which is victorianolslax.com. I love it. Are you still a big deal on Twitter with your 200 followers? <laughs> you sacked it off. Yeah, totally sacked it off. And then I, <laughs> then I had a personal Twitter, which I think is still there, but kept going down all like the rabbit holes with like lockdowns and stuff. And I was just like, this is not for me. No, I agree. Yeah, I never got on the Twitter vibe. And I'm terrible on TikTok as well. To be, to be honest, Instagram is the only one that yeah. I'm functioning at. 
I need to get I need to get that. I need to get on TikTok, but one day. One day, babe. One day. Amazing. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to watch everything that you do. I'm so inspired by you. And I'm just so excited for everything you're going to create. Who knows what you're going to create five years from now? Who knows what Victoria Knowles Lax is going to have in her life and what she's going to be doing? But I'm excited. I'm here for the ride. Babes. And thank you so much for having me. And just want to acknowledge you for like all you're doing, all the like amazing moves you're making in the world. The fact that you're like cooking up a babe and you've already got one and just literally showing up for like for you know for us all and all your listeners and fans. And yeah, we all just really appreciate and just speaking on behalf of everyone because we all do really appreciate you and all like the love Aww. and energy and goodness you put out into the world. Oh thanks, babe. I appreciate that. Much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good to chat to you. I'll see you soon. Ah, how good is she? I told you, I just absolutely love her energy and her attitude and everything that she's about. So I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed recording it. And uh, yeah, definitely go and check her out on Instagram and all the wonderful things above. So if you're loving it, make sure you tag us on Instagram and look out because I've got so much exciting stuff coming up. So before this baby pops out, um, I'm launching something very, very, very very exciting so make sure you check out my instagram if you're not on my email um, list go onto my instagram go to the link tree download one of my opt-ins or you can subscribe to my newsletter on carlymyers.com make sure you're part of that because all the juicy info is going to be inside that email list so make sure you head over to there and uh yeah i'm so excited to share with you what i've got coming up we have been working so hard myself and michelle have been working so so hard on this and uh, we know that we've created something truly truly special so i can't wait to share it with you so i look forward to chatting to you next week and remember you are made for so much more than you can even imagine thanks guys bye